Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by their good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do terrific work. You can find out more and give them a call by visiting the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples, the website. It's lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including our guests, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator, will be joining us, Boo Mortensen, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, and my wife, Linda, will be joining us as well. It is August the 16th, and on this day in 1896, while salmon fishing near the Klondike River in Canada's Yukon Territory, George Carmack reportedly spotted nuggets of gold in a creek bed. His lucky discovery sparked the last great gold rush in the American West. Hoping to cash in on reported gold strikes in Alaska, Carmack had traveled there from California in 1881. After running into a dead end, he headed north into the isolated Yukon Territory just across the Canadian border. In 1896, another prospector, Robert Henderson, told Carmack of finding gold in a tributary at the Klondike River. Carmack headed to the region with two Native American companions known as Skookum Jim, and Taggish Charlie, on August the 16th, while camping near Rabbit Creek, Carmack reported that he spotted a nugget of gold jutting out from the creek's bank. His two companions later agreed that Skokum Jim, Carmack's brother-in-law, actually made the discovery. Regardless of who spotted the gold first, the three men soon found that the rock near the creek bed was thick with gold deposits. They staked the claim by the following day. News of the gold strike spread very fast across Canada and the United States, and over the next two years, as many as 50,000 would-be miners arrived in the region. Rabbit Creek was renamed Bonanza, and even more gold was discovered in another Klondike tributary dubbed El Dorado. Klondike fever reached its height in the United States in mid-July 1897 when two steamships arrived from Yukon and San Francisco and Seattle, bringing a total of more than two tons of gold. Thousands of eager young men brought elaborate Yukon outfits, kits assembled by clever marketers containing food, clothing, tools, and other necessary equipment, and set out on their way north. Few of them would find what they were looking for, as most of the land in the region was already been claimed. One of the unsuccessful gold seekers was 20-year-old Jack London, who uh, short stories based on the Klondike experience became his first book, The Son of the Wolf. Who could forget also The Call of the Wild, written by uh, Jack, uh, Jack London. Great book. Nevertheless, that's uh, Klondike Fever on this day in 1896. For his part, Carmack became rich off his discovery, leaving the Yukon with $1 million worth of gold. Many individual gold miners in the Klondike eventually sold their stakes to mining companies who had resourced and machinery to uh, access more gold. Large-scale gold mining in the Yukon Territory didn't end until 1966, and by that time the region had yielded some $250 million in gold. Today, some 200 small gold mines still operate in the region. Hmm. Well, former President Donald Trump spoke out about the FBI's raid on his home uh, on Monday interview, uh, warning that people with incredibly angry are incredibly angry about the raid and other attacks against him. People are so angry at what is taking place, Trump told Fox News Digital. Whatever we can do to help, because the temperature has to be brought down in this country. If it isn't, terrible things are going to happen. 
He was referencing the years of fake witch hunts and phony Russia, Russia, Russia schemes and scams, emphasizing that not, nothing uh, happens to those people who penetrate that. Nothing happens with them, he added, and that they break into the president's house, a sneak attack when it was totally, if not, no one ever thought a thing like this would ever happen. Trump also said he uh, told the DOJ he would do whatever he could to help. It's not immediately clear what kind of help Trump offered the DOJ, and the former president's team did not immediately respond to requests for a comment. If there's anything we can do to help, I and my people would certainly be willing to do that, Trump said. The country is in a very dangerous position, he said. There's uh, tremendous anger, like I've never seen before, over all the scams, and this new one, years of scams and witch hunts, and now this, he said. Trump told the outlet that uh, <clears throat> he had uh, not heard from Justice Department regarding whether or not it will accept his offer of assistance. I think they would want uh, the same thing. I've never seen anything like this, he said. It's a very dangerous time for our country. I will do whatever I can to help the country, he added. Agents apparently seized classified records during the unprecedented raid on Mar-a-Lago on his home, including some reported records marched to, uh, marked as top secret. <laughs> they can mark it as top secret, but he de un declassified all that stuff that he had. So anyhow, Trump had said the records were declassified. Following the raid, Department of Homeland Security and FBI have warned of increased violent threats to agents as well as general calls for civil war and armed rebellion. Fox News reported that an FBI bulletin the document says the FBI and the DHS have identified multiple articulated threats and calls for the targeting, targeted killing of judicial law enforcement and uh, government officials associated with the Palm Beach search, including the federal judge who approved the uh, search warrant. <laughs> so the bully says, hey, uh, I'm, I'm going to swing at you, but don't you swing back at me. <laughs> uh, the FBI, they, they seriously need a, re a makeover, a redo. And I think it starts by just shaving off the top levels of uh, management and leadership at the FBI. I don't want to call it leadership. It's, it's management. More than a dozen FBI whistleblowers have come forward to Republican investigators in Congress, according to, that, to uh, Jim Jordan, the repre representative from uh, Ohio. The congressman, who is ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee, said that the number of, has risen to 14 after the FBI raid at Trump Mar-a-Lago's resort. During a conversation about alleged politicalization at the Justice Department, along with former Director of National Intelligence John Radcliffe, Jordan made the case that the public has figured it out when it comes to, the, to what he characterized as the left's generating a big lie, the big media reporting that the lie, big tech amplifying the lie, and they're both piling on Republicans when they catch on and say something. He said they are uh, agents in the Bureau who are realized the same. Fourteen FBI agents have come to our office as whistleblowers, and they're good people, Jordan said. There are lots of uh, good people in the FBI. It's the top that's the problem. Some of these good agents are coming to tell us, telling us uh, what is baloney and what's going on, the political nature of now of the Justice Department. God bless them for doing it, talking about the school board issue, about the whole host of issues. This would appear to be quite a bump for the little more than two months ago when Jordan told Fox News host Laura Ingram that in, in total six FBI officials have approached the committee, two related to the controversy surrounding school boards, and four related to January 6th. 
At the time, in early June, Jordan sent a letter to the FBI Director Christopher Wray warning that multiple former FBI agents and officials were coming forward with information suggesting the Bureau was purging employees with conservative viewpoints. On the Senate side, uh, Senator Chuck Grassley, good guy, Republican from Indiana, has disclosed his team received whistleblower disclosures, including disclosures related to the uh, federal investigation into Hunter Biden. It's become a well-worn trail of agents who say this has got to stop. And thank goodness for them, Jordan said on Sunday. He also expressed the view that voters who vote in the Republican majority in Congress, allowing the GOP with more power to carry out a bevy of investigations. And that'll be a good thing. Thank goodness for the whistleblowers. I understand the, those that are coming forward are being harassed by the FBI. Uh, one individual who uh, came forward to speak out apparently was sent a, a bag of uh, materials that uh, would cover the badge of uh, officers, police officers, if they uh, have a death in the family, so to speak, or death of one of the other officers. Uh, subtle hint, not so subtle, that, uh, hey, you can pay a big price if you keep on, keep this up. Anyhow, thank goodness that there's having the courage to speak out about this. And by the way, Representative Mike Turner, who's a Republican from Ohio, said on yesterday that the Department of Justice and FBI need to show Congress, if not the public, its affidavit regarding the search for former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home in Florida so it could understand why the move was required. Now, they uh, uh, unleashed several documents, but they didn't uh, turn over the uh, affidavit. That's still sealed. They should have a pretty high bar on this, said Turner. They must rise to the level of immediate national security level in order for them to go into this home. The release documents contained a list of the items taken, but the affidavit used to get the magistrate to sign the warrant outlining the specifics of crimes allegedly being investigated is still under seal. And until that's unsealed, we're all going to be guessing what this was all about. They have the ability to go to court and even just enforce the subpoena that they are asking for a court to take possession of the documents, ordering the former president to deliver documents to them, he said. None of those actions were taken. They went all the way to raiding his home and spending nine hours searching everything, including Melania's clothes. And he even took their uh, his passport. He had three passports. One of them expired. And they, they've now returned that, but that's just a real clear indication of the overreach of this whole thing. Turner said that given the past treatment of former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, the 2016 presidential nominee, regarding a similar accusation that Trump is a political rival of President Joe Biden and that he helped stop Attorney General Merrick Garland's appointment to the Supreme Court, more information is required for a bipartisan group in Congress to understand the urgency of this action. The members of the House Intelligence Committee, and certainly what's known as the Gang of Eight, which is a smaller group, even if the Intelligence Committee and leadership from the Senate and the House should be producing these documents to us right now, said Turner, who's seeking re-election in Ohio. They don't want to release the affidavit, as you've been reporting to the public, but they can release the affidavit to us, and they need to tell us, you need to do what what we're looking for and what did you find. Does this actually rise to the level of an immediate national security threat, or is this merely an abuse of discretion on behalf of uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland? Yeah, so uh, that would be nice to see what's in that affidavit. Uh, My guess is, uh, well, it would certainly be what they're looking for, but apparently what they said that they wanted to have is anything that the president touched 
or signed off on or any documents related to any time he was president. Pretty broad reach there for, uh, for uh, the uh, search. Well, the Department of Justice is opposing a request from President uh, Donald Trump's attorney seeking an independent special master to review records that were seized from Mar-a-Lago, even though the process would allow it to appear more impartial following the raid. So what a special marshal would do would be independent from the FBI, and they would review all the documents to determine which ones conform to the, uh, to the uh, affidavit and to the search warrant. Uh, so uh, Al- Alina Habba, who is the attorney for Do- Donald Trump, uh, said the process would be allow more impartial viewing of the raid. It's these types of situations. What happens is the attorney handling it will ask there to be an independent special master, which is an attorney that gets appointed, overseeing, makes sure everything is done correctly. Uh, said Habba, explaining that the, the master would be an independent of both Trump's side and of the DOJ. It's a neutral party, she said. Uh, think of it much like a mediator. They just make sure that they're being uh, all the T's are being crossed and I's are being dotted and there's no funny business. A decision will soon be made, she said, but optically it's a good idea. certainly is, but the, the FBI has already denied that possibility, just further indicating it's as, this is a cover-up. This is a, a political move to try and keep President uh, Trump from appearing on the ballot in November. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks in Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Hope you'll visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. 
Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best, also building a 44,000-square-foot uh, performing arts center in downtown Naples. It's going to be absolutely fabulous. And you can find out more and get tickets at the website, Gulf Shore Playhouse. Org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. Say, so, hey, I understand you're on your way to Orlando today. Yeah, this is my... Uh, every day is different. In fact, I jokingly say I don't really know where I'm going to be uh, until I check my calendar the night before I go somewhere. So... Uh, the Florida Chamber is having their annual meeting, and of course, many of us co- uh, legislators go to state, you know, do updates, et cetera. Uh, so that's where I'm going today. <laughs> you know, and then I end up. I think I end up at the end of the week in Tampa. <laughs> wow. So, so what happens with the chamber? Is that is that informative? Yeah, the the chamber is uh, the uh, the state's foremost business um, um, organization, and you know they have. Actually, I'd recommend you uh, look at their website. They have what they call the five pillars, which are, you know, the different silos of um, uh, involvement with the state from education to commerce kind of thing and, and uh, what the business community is looking for um, uh, with regard to our legislation and, and actually the quality of life in the state of Florida. Sounds really interesting, and I imagine there's going to be some fundraising involved as well. Well, yeah, I mean, my my role as incoming Senate president um, is to, to make sure that I do become Senate president by basically running Senate campaigns. And uh, so I'm all over the state, uh, either going to events for candidates or or meeting with donors um, to hear about their issues and 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 the like, and I and I pretty much meet with everybody, all sides, because that's the only way you hear what everybody is thinking. So I'm really busy. Yeah. So uh, maybe uh, you could give what give us a little litmus test here on what people are thinking around the state of Florida. What what are you what are they talking about? Well, uh, at least the people that I am talking to, the, the number one um, uh, good thing that we're doing is, and it goes back to the pandemic, was the governor keeping the state open. Because of that, our economy is booming. And in fact, we just got estimates that our, our projected sales tax um, revenue is uh, higher than it's ever been. Wow. And so, you know, what we realize is that this, that Florida is the go-to state, um, and you know uh, people are moving down here in droves from 
all over the country. And it's uh, a lot of the wealth of, of these people they're bringing with them because we don't have a state income tax. Wonderful thing indeed. In fact, uh, right now the, the governor is making a tour around the state to support uh, school board candidates. Making a, He's also going to different states to support uh, national candidates using his influence and popularity. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, he, uh, that's, he's like the Energizer Bunny. Um, he's everywhere, yep. uh, constantly. I know uh, tomorrow he's going to make a big education announcement, and uh, that that's, um, you know, he, he's very supportive of our teachers. Uh, notwithstanding a lot of the rhetoric, he's always in support of paying our teachers more and the like, and I, and I suspect that's what he's going to talk about. Yeah. Hey, out of curiosity, I mean, right now, the, the at least the National uh, uh, Teachers Union is so radical and so Marxist. Is there any chance of decertifying uh, these unions that are making, for example, the case if you're gonna if you're gonna lay people off, it has to be uh, white folks first, and all, all this stuff is just abs- absolutely nonsense. I that honestly, that would never happen in Florida. Um, as as bad as the unions are in the country, uh, there is, I think, a growing <laughs> realization in our our unions in Florida that um, the, the Republicans uh, are in control and that it's better for them to work with us than against us. So they have reached out. Um, I'm not I don't know if we're ever going to come to a consensus on how to move forward, but at least they're reaching out and not um, the union, you know, union leadership anyway, and not and not proposing outlandish ideas like what you just described, which is crazy. Well, I mean, it's it, it's it's alarming, but I, it's reassuring to hear from you that they're trying to work with us as opposed to to uh, continue. Well, I think I even read something that said. Uh, 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 the union urging teachers in Florida to talk about uh, uh, critical race theory, even if they are not allowed to, something to that effect. Did you see that? Uh, I did not, and I've been assured that that's not coming from their leadership. Now, obviously, there are, you know, when I read uh, the Naples Daily News, for example, the letters to the editor uh, yeah. from teachers, I can tell which one are Republican teachers and which one are Democrat teachers by the rhetoric. Right. I suppose it's the same thing uh, around the state. Uh, so I, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, you know, as, as I said, they've got to realize it's better to work with us because uh, you know, we, we will be in control. Yeah, absolutely. Again, Kathleen Pasadena, our state senator and soon to be a Senate president. We just genuinely appreciate your coming on the show today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, and have a great day. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen. She's up in Madison, Wisconsin. We're going to find out what's new with Boo, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer with chronic pain and discomfort? After back surgery, I had painful tendons and muscles and difficulty standing upright. On a referral, I visited Dr. Alec at I Am Designed to Heal, Naples' only vitality and longevity practice where acupuncture, 
medical massage, energy healing, and integrative holistic medicine are harmonized to create a -a one-of-a-kind restorative experience. After only two visits, my pain began to dissipate and I could stand and walk more upright. It was amazing. I plan to continue my treatments to enhance my sense of well-being. Don't suffer needlessly with discomfort and pain. Improve your quality of life. See for yourself and make an appointment by visiting the website IamDesignedToHeal.com. That's IamDesignedToHeal.com or you can call or text Dr. Alec at 239-322-3817. That's 322-3817. Visit IamDesignedToHeal.com for an amazing, one-of-a-kind, restorative experience. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratospell Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo, Boo Mortensen up in Madison, Wisconsin. Boo, thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's my pleasure, Bob, and there's so many crazy things going on in the world that we're not going to talk about any of that stuff. Okay. Because let's let's have some, well, this first thing that I'm going to talk about isn't exactly funny, but it's kind of shocking. In South Carolina, there was some wind that came across, and there were people on the beach, and a beach umbrella became unmoored from its anchor. You know, you stick the beach umbrella in and provide shade. Sure. Anyway, the beach umbrella became airborne, struck a woman in the chest, and killed her. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know. Who knew? Yeah, I mean, that happens all the time down here. We get such uh, strong breezes. You see these umbrellas tipping over. I've never seen anybody skewered or, or hit with an umbrella, but yeah, that's a, it, there is some danger in that. Well, apparently there is, because the federal, some federal agency, goodness knows, uh, estimates that 3,000 people a year are injured by beach umbrellas. <laughs> Every year, 3,000 people are injured by beach umbrellas. Wow. Yeah, have you ever met anyone that's been injured by a beach umbrella? No, I haven't. Although I have to admit that that's usually not the top of, uh, topic of conversation. <laughs> No, no. I mean, you go to the ocean, you sit there, you worry more about getting bit by a shark. Beach umbrellas? Who knew that there was danger all around? Yeah, well, I don't know why this popped in my mind, but I I do recall reading an email from someone that said uh, she was sitting on the beach and she saw saw beach umbrellas uh, 
uh, rolling by. That's what they were doing, kind of rolling. Uh, the wind wasn't high enough to get them airborne, but it was, certainly took them out of the ground and uh, and uh, made it inconvenient for the people that are trying to guard themselves from the sun. Well, now you know how dangerous they are. <laughs> yes. So, now, this is the other thing. Now we're going to go from beach umbrellas and the, the danger there to putting on a happy face. All right. There are two cities in the Philippines that have mandated that municipal employees must smile at all times or they risk fines, suspensions, or even losing their jobs. (laughs) You have to smile to keep your job. Smile as if your job depended on it. Can you believe that? Well, you know, firings will continue until morale improves, right? (laughs) That's... That's right. That's unbelievable. They did, uh... Now, one of these two mayors, now this gives you some of the background how that can happen. One of the two mayors spent 10 years living in the Bronx. So after 10 years of living in New York, maybe he felt that this is something that needed to be done. Maybe they should try to pass that in New York. Yeah, I don't know how far that would get. But, you know, the whole thing about leadership is that uh, if, if you can make a compelling argument and demonstrate to people why they should do something for their own benefit, for the benefit of other people, you don't need to threaten them with losing their job and that kind of thing. And, and uh, you'll maybe have one person or two people that don't comply, but uh, you can have a private conversation with them. You don't need to give them a warning that they're, they're going to lose their job. Yeah, but this is the Philippines. You know, I think weird things happen in the Philippines. Yeah. If you don't, uh, uh, no, but you know, they say that uh, um, being kind is contagious, happiness is contagious. You know, when you see someone smiling, you kind of smile yourself. I mean, it really is contagious. And yesterday I took Lauren to a doctor's appointment, and you have to go in and sign in, you know, say that you're, you're there. Mm-hmm. And there's a sign right by the receptionist that says, be kind. And I thought, wow, yeah. this has gotten so bad that now they've got signs that say that. Now, I did see signs like that in the airport, but there I get it. Yeah. But uh, at a doctor's office? Be kind. I think it's. Sh- I think it's indicative of how agitated and um, I don't know, agitated, irritated, a general sense of unease that people have. Yeah. Where they just sort of lash out at each other. Yeah. Um, I that, don't know. Maybe that, we ought to get more people to smile. Well, that's a residual effect, I think, of the pandemic. People be- began to lose their sense of humor. And their and their uh, flexibility, I think, during the pandemic, and maybe that's just kind of a holdover from that experience. Yeah, hopefully, you know, in the non too distant future, we won't need signs to remind us to be kind, nice. Yeah, there's so much going on right now that uh, I consider to be uh, annoying and intrusive. And, you know, in terms of right now, how the federal government is behaving, I mean, the uh, CDC now has said that, uh, you know, hey, everything's off now. You don't have to worry about wearing a mask or you don't have to worry about getting a vaccine because it turns out the people that have vaccinated people that haven't, well, it's the same difference. So kind of calling off the guard. But, you know, how how long do we exist under very onerous uh, requirements for our behavior and all the virtue signaling and all the things that were going on at the time. It was, it's just been a very difficult environment. So 
now they say that the vaccines never worked to begin with? Well, in a sense, that's what they said, because I think they couched it in this way, that now we have uh, uh, community immunity. What do they call it? The uh, immunity. Oh, herd immunity. Herd immunity. Thank you for that. So that uh, that, uh, so many people have been exposed to it that we no longer need the uh, requirements that we had previously. But in a sense, I mean... Do you know that uh, Lloyd Austin, he's our uh, U.S. Secretary of Defense, he's out of all the jabs and all the, you know, all the boosters and all that type of thing. Well, he's ex- now experienced his second case of uh, COVID. And now he's, he's the one that fired all the people in the Army. <laughs> you know, and, and then, oh, that's right. Yes. And our President of the United States, uh, he's had all those jobs. Apparently, well, I don't know if he has or not, but he says he has. And uh, he's had his second case. He had just he he tested positive uh, twice in the, uh, the course of a couple of weeks. So uh, I, how many? I don't know if you've got any kind of a personal narrative or experience on this. But my experience is I'm hearing about a lot of people who are getting COVID, and they've had all the all the boosters and everything like that. Oh, I, I can't even begin to tell you how many friends we have, Lauren and I. Uh-huh. We got COVID. Yeah. Uh, and we've had all the tests and or the the vaccines. We've had all of that. All of that. Huh. And I, I bet I could name 12 people off the top of my head. And they're our age. You know, they're not in their 40s. They're people in our age that are more at risk. Yeah. And crazily enough, they all got it. Now, a lot of them went on that Paxlovid, as we did. Um, did it do any good? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Well, and uh, we have friends that, uh, for example, um, developed heart conditions. We have friends that uh, I had one friend that had a stroke. Uh, I had other friends that had to have uh, uh, stents put in as a consequence because of developing clots in legs. I had one friend that had seven stents put in, if you can believe it. So, so I mean, now there's no proof. From COVID? Well, that's that's from the jab. There's no proof that the jab caused it, but you know that's such a coincidence. <laughs> it's it it may not be causal, but it is certainly a coincidental that that would happen. Yeah, you know, and you and everybody has a general mistrust of yeah. what we're hearing now, especially from the CDC. Yeah. Um, you know, and and there's still summer colds. There's still the flu out there. Uh, it's hard to know what to, what to do, what not to. I'm not doing any more shots. I mean, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I've had my last booster. I'm, I'm, I'll take it as it comes, but I'm not going in to take any more shots. Well, as I understand it, there's uh, something like there's half of the kids age uh, uh, 18 and that's what's, what is the statistic? 12 and under. I'm not sure. Half of the kids have had their, have the, uh, the vaccine. You know, I would not give that vaccine to my, to my child for, for sure uh, because of no. the, you know, it's just uh, they, 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 the possibility of getting COVID or getting hospitalized at that age is just minimal or none. Uh, the probability of getting sick as a result of getting the vaccine is higher than the than the threat of the virus itself. Yes, you know, we all, my, my whole family, kids all included, we're going to go on a, on a Disney cruise. And they then said, kids five and up have to be, you have to show proof of vaccination. Uh, we canceled the trip. Yeah. None of my 
sons will have their kids vaccinated. So uh, we just said, okay, we're not going. Perfect. Well, that's that's what I, those are the that's the same decision I would have made. Boo Mortensen, you know, it's always I don't know where we're going to end up in these conversations, but it's always terrific. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Well, my advice to you is smile all day and look out for beach umbrellas. <laughs> really there's danger everywhere everywhere thank you boo all right coming up we're going to visit with seat motley the founder and president of less government we're going to do that and more right here on the bob harden show on the bob harden broadcasting network stay tuned for more of the bob harden show here on the bob harden broadcasting network Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. School Choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America and is now supported by three out of four voters. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior schools of choice. Optima's goal is the successful launch of Hillsdale College, classical academies, and other schools of excellence serving kindergarten through 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. A terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy opened this fall in a classical virtual school. Optima Classical Academy will open in 2022. Find out more by visiting OptimaEd.org. Help children in Florida optimize their education opportunities. Visit www.OptimaEd.org. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform. And you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Linda Harden, my wife. Right now we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Tell us about Less Government. Yeah, we exist through this society, so it's sphere of influence the government, and government is not. No, it's not. It's quite an aspiration, though. So uh, you wrote a great column. I found this so informative and interesting. 87,000 new IRS employees. Big government is about going after the little guy. I think you're so right about this. Maybe you can tell us about it. Well, you know, the first of all, there was a bit of a social media conundrum about this. There was a, 
meme that I posted, and I it was shared from my thing 500 times about a football stadium, uh, college football stadium, 86,000 people. And they said, this stadium isn't big enough for all the new IRS. And I can't remember if the meme said agents or employees. And, of course, the fact checkers came and go, they're not going to be all agents. It's 87,000. So, so far, 87,000 employees. Um, and that's how I wrote this. And, of course, that more than doubles the number of employees. They, they currently have 78,000. Yeah. And, but did the ad know, uh, the, the ad says that they have to be willing to shoot somebody? <laughs> that's right. That's right. They have to be armed and willing to shoot people uh, for for tax for tax violations. Yeah. Once again, when we when when we say taxation is theft, that's what we mean. Because um, if you don't do it, they'll shoot you. Right. Um, so if you don't pay it, they'll shoot you. So anyway, so my point was. You know, they're trying to claim that this is going to be all about going after rich people that don't pay their taxes. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to point out that, first of all, numerically, that's not true because they already had 78,000 people. I I looked it up. There were 23,000 households in 2020 that made $10 million a year or more. So I would consider that rich. And there's only 23,000 of them. You 78,000 can easily handle that. No problem. Right. The the other point I, I made was. Uh, you're leading out the cronyism portion of the program. Perhaps the reason rich people don't get audited is because they bribed the government officials and wrote the tax laws themselves to cater to themselves, and there's no need for them to violate them. Yeah, a good point. <laughs> if they wrote the laws, there, there's no reason for them to break the laws. And therefore, they're not violating anything, and they don't get audited. So when you when you add when you more than double your population at the IRS, it's about going after smaller people. It's not going, about going after, you know, Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates. It's well, about going after us. And here's the other thing too: even if uh, somebody with uh, great means like that is audited, you're not they're not going to visit with the IRS agent. They they have a tax attorneys well, they, and they have lawyers and accountants. Exactly. And 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 and, and also. The, the, and I didn't, even, I didn't even put this in the piece, but there's the human nature factor of the average IRS employee. Who would you rather go after? You know, Bill Gates with 508 attorneys and 1,042 <laughs> accountants. Yeah. Or, or the guy who made $72,000 last year. Right. And, and has maybe an accountant. Maybe. Um, it's, it's easier, work, it's easier uh, digging, uh, you know, going after a $75,000 guy. And so, of course, because there's less, and again, I should have made, again, as I discussed this out loud, additional points occur to me. Of course, you're not going to get as much money out of a $75,000 a year taxpayer, so you need need to audit more of them. And now we're back to, hey, have 87,000 new employees. Plus, if the psychological um, factors, uh, you know, w- wouldn't you feel more powerful, intimidating, somebody who's making $70,000 well, a year? Yeah, yeah. My, my joke is w- the government gets bribed because it's Mike Tyson. Yeah. If government was the head of the chess club, nobody would bribe <laughs> it and everything would be solved. <laughs> and, and we need the government to be less Mike Tyson, more the, more the chess club. Well, the reverse is true. Does the IRS want to go after Mike Tyson or the head of the chess club? Yeah, and, and and again, there's less money from the head of the chess club, which is why you need eighty-seven thousand employees because you need to go after more heads of chess clubs to make up the difference. Yeah, and get get additional money. And of course, a lot of the times they won't even know. You know, you can audit somebody for that makes seventy-five thousand dollars a year, and they won't even know 
they're right. They did their taxes right. Yeah. And you can scare them into paying something. Right. Um, so anyway, all of these things are true, and that's why this is happening. And again, this is this is part of a broader problem in D.C. that that every every big company is mastered. They mask their cronyism that helps themselves, the big business, big big business as big businesses mask their cronyism in in language. Oh, we're helping the little guy. Yeah. We're, we're we're helping the little guy and. You know, I see it in patent reform all the time. There's a, there's a group called Engine that was basically started by Google, and it's it's basically small small inventors, small companies need patent reform. No, they don't. Yeah. Not the kind you're asking for, you liars. And you know, it, it happens in, with big tech companies all the time. Net neutrality for the little guy. Really, if it's for the little guy, why do um, big tech companies under net neutrality not have to pay for their bandwidth? which means the little guy has to pay more to subsidize the profits and augment the profits of big tech companies. How is that for the little guy? Yeah. Um, Section 230 helps small businesses more than it helps big businesses. No. No. It helped a few, <laughs> it helped a few small businesses become huge businesses, and now they use their hugeness in Section 230 to lock out any potential co- competitors that may arise. Um, you know, uh, the, uh, the 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 way we pay for broad, I call it broadband welfare, you know, we have this connect the unconnected fund. Look on your phone bill; it's the Universal Service Fund (USF), and it's a very high tax rate. And telecom companies have to pay it, and they use it to fund government broadband projects. Yeah. Well, guess who doesn't pay the USF tax? Big tech. Really? Who who are beneficiaries of? More people online because more people will use Google and more people will go to Facebook and 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 yeah. So the USF tax is a huge tax and big tech doesn't pay it. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, and this gets me back to the laws are written to help the big companies, just like the tax laws are, just like the the tech policy laws are. And the collusion, the collusion between uh, big tech and the government in terms of uh, information and. Uh, I, did you just see this last night on uh, Tucker Carlson? Yeah, unbelievable. That 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 uh, the guy who is undermining all the stupidity of uh, first the virus and then the vaccine, Berenson, I think his name yeah, is. Yeah, Alex Berenson. Alex Berenson apparently has evidence that the White House, because we knew it was happening, we knew we knew the government was using Section Two Thirty and big tech companies to silence critics. We, what we didn't have was proof. Apparently, Berenson has proof that the Biden administration told Twitter to kick him off, and they did. Yeah, unbelievable. Which, which makes them, you know, because the, the defenders of big tech, is this their First Amendment right to do this? Okay, not if the government's dictating that they do it. Yeah. Then it's the, then you're a government agent, and you're violating the First Amendment. See, I find these conversations so interesting and informative. I'm going to encourage our listeners to visit your website, lessgovernment.org, lessgovernment.org. Also, Less Government is on Facebook as well, still. <laughs> See, it's uh, shadow banned, but it's there. <laughs> I genuinely appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Hey, I'm holding in my hands uh, Little Bee's Diner's new menu. They have an additional menu. It's Blue Zones-inspired menu with a lot of great things on it. Also serving now sparkling watermelon soda and watermelon lemonade, Nutella crepes, all kinds of new things on the menu. But my favorite place for breakfast and lunch, again, Blue Zone, uh, Lulubee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center. We have with us Linda Harden. Linda is uh, my wife. She's also really informed about what's happening around the world. Linda, thanks for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, thanks. Hey, uh, you know, uh, this weekend we tuned into. I'm going to call it The Pit, something to that effect. You may be familiar with 2,000 Mules, the movie that was done by Denise D'Souza. Point being is these people have uh, apparently uh, really developed some new information that's shocking and helpful. Uh, can you know some details? Well, there's Greg Phillips and Catherine, I can't remember her last name. Yeah, I, I don't either. Um, it's a long name. But anyway, uh, they provided Dinesh D'Souza all the information that he used for this 2,000 Mules. And and they've discovered even more information that's kind of disturbing. And um, I can't talk to all of it because it's just being let out slowly. But what they've, they had a, um, th- it was by invitation only. Yeah. And part of it was streaming um, so the public could see it just to get a taste of what it was like. But the rest of it was done in total private. The feds were there. They tried to take it down. Um, they had armed guards there to try and, you know, protect because I mean, it's about ele- election integrity and how uh, the Chinese Communist Party has been infiltrating our 
election process for years, mm-hmm. and um, it's so disturbing. But they don't want they um, uh, the government doesn't want you to know this, and and it's um, part of it came out yesterday afternoon about the 1.8 million election workers that the Chinese Communist Party have information on. And wow. it's, it's, it's that, mind-numbing, quite the, frankly. The only reason the, the government wouldn't want us to know is because there must be some sort of, there could be some collusion between the Communist Chinese Party and uh, the uh, Democrat Party, perhaps? Oh, you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so uh, now the point being is that uh, we, we saw the first part, or at least a lot of it, and the second part, still private. They're going to let the information out slowly but surely, but in a way that protects the people that are involved. Well, this this one guy that I, wa- that I follow on social media, he I used to watch him or follow him on Twitter before I got uh, deplatformed but, uh, and kicked off, but he's, he's very reliable, and he's trying to get out the information as quickly as he can mm-hmm. without being targeted. It's, and his name is Brian Cates, and he's just very, very good. Um, but yeah, the Chinese Communist Party has been has been messing around with our elections for years and years and years. Now, just and, and underscore what you said. They have apparently uh, they have information and all personal information, like phone number, name, everything, everything about one point eight million addresses, one point eight million election workers in the United States of America. So that's one piece of breaking news. What we, what we don't know is how they f- discovered that. The point being is... Well, well, I mean, by the way, you know, that you keep getting warned on, on, on television and, and, you know, we, uh, Steve Bannon is warned about this, which is why he's... Um, that Eric Prince is trying to start this private phone um, company, whatever, is that all these apps that we've got on our phones... China can follow you anywhere. They can get un- and, and depending upon how much information you put on uh, your your equipment, your um, uh, phone or or whatever, they can find out anything that they want to know about you. Mm. So so they're finding out who these election workers are. I mean, TikTok is a prime example. They say, get off TikTok, get off TikTok. TikTok uh, is a is a is a Chinese is an app from China. Yeah, and it can just glean all your information. Mm. Um, so. It's very scary how, how this has participated in our elections. And, by the way, you mentioned the Democrat Party. Who in the Democrat Party has been encouraging this to happen? It's, 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 I mean, we know that, that Joe and Hunter Biden are in like Flynn with the Communist Party. Absolutely. They sold their souls to that. So who, how many other of the, of the Democrats have done the exact same thing? So uh, apparently there's a lot we don't know that came out of this uh, meeting on, on Saturday because we couldn't, uh, the second part was all private. Did they give any kind of information on when or how we're going to discover and find out more about this? Well, that's, you know that I'm, I'm, I'm on social media like 24-7. Yeah. So I'm trying, to, I'm trying to glean this information. But keep in mind what's coming up this weekend too. And I have to encourage your listeners uh. um, to uh, get the app, uh, frankspeech.com, and go on to Lindell TV, L-I-N-D-E-L-L-TV.com. You can, you can sign up. It's free. Um, but Mike Lindell is going to have a two-day seminar this weekend, the 20, 20th and the 21st, mm-hmm. about how the machines have been, uh, the, the voting machines have been indoctrinated uh, to, to ruin the elections, yeah. to sway the elections. And he says, he, Mike Lindell uh, says that after you see this, um, 
you're, I mean, it's going to change the way um, elections are looked at. Look so at apparently, it. this is this is new information, and and apparently also. Well, this, he's been working on it for a year and a half. Remember the seminar you had in South Dakota? Um, over absolutely, a, over but a year ago. And my understanding is this thing is sold out. There are no uh, public invitations now to, to go to the seminar, but you can watch it. You can watch it, and it and it's just so so important that people. I mean, you know, people are so disengaged, and, and it's sad because um, I feel like uh, sometimes I'm the lone wolf out there because I'm, I'm, I, I know so much. I mean, I listen to, to Glenn Beck talk, and I'm, I'm going, wait a minute, I know more than he does. Yeah. I'm like three weeks ahead of what he's, what he's talking about, and I wish more people would, would um, do their own research and, and find out what's going on because, yeah, it, it'll scare the... You I know. know what out of you, but yikes. I mean, it, we need to know what's going on in elections and how we've been screwed over for years and years and years. And between the pit and this um, Mike Lindell TV um, uh, event that's on this weekend, who knows who was really president after all this time, who really legitimately won not just Trump and, and Biden, but it goes back years and years and years. Obama, Clinton, Bush... All these people. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it's stunning. You know, uh, again, that's uh, Frank's speech. Is the is the app correct? Is it- yeah, just go to the app store and you can get, and, and it's free and just um, download Frank's speech, the app. And then go to frankspeech.com and, you know, put in all your information so you can. Now, we watch, we can watch Lindell TV on our big TV because we just, you know, we could just put it on the TV and watch it there. And, and it's it's really good reception. Yeah. That and Epoch Times, Epoch uh, TV are really, really good to watch um, and and really learn a lot about what's going on. Now, that's a great point. I, I do want to underscore because we do spend a lot of time watching Frank's speech. Uh, well, what is the uh, other uh, network that we watch? Uh, Real America's Voice. Real America's Voice. Real America's Voice, by the way, is amazing. They are getting bigger and better. Yeah. And and they've got Jack Rosobic, who I who I follow nonstop because he is. He is the. He's the former. He he uh, speaks fluent Chinese. He's Mandarin. A, Mandarin. He's and a former, he's former uh, Navy intelligence. Officer. Navy intelligence officer is quite an informed guy and a great uh, uh, reporter. Well, so he's got his own show right now. Yeah, on Real America's Voice, and so does this um, young man named Drew Hernandez. Um, Jack and Drew Hernandez both have shows on Real America's Voice, uh, ten and ten thirty mm-hmm. during the week. Drew Hernandez is awesome, but he was deplatformed from social media because guess what? When you when you speak the truth on social media, like Twitter or Facebook or whatever, um, the the people the the back checkers don't want you to hear the truth. Yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm we're living through World War II. I mean, this is just so such stunning. It's uh, shocking. It's What's shocking. But what what good people they are to come out and and. And persevere through all and this. And was stuff. Tucker Carlson on fire oh last night? Oh my goodness! <laughs> Twenty-seven minutes of of nonstop heat. Yeah, he was just uh, just really. He just threw it down. He did. Well, I, I, I sometimes I worry about Tucker because he's so frank and so honest about this stuff. I just hope he doesn't get himself in trouble with the feds. Well, but you know what? Keep in mind that he already. I don't know. I don't remember what TV. I think it was a year ago where they talked about him. He talked about on his show that um, the NSA was. Was following him. Yeah, uh, yeah, I remember that. Well, Linda, it's always interesting to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. All right. 
Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got great guests for tomorrow's show, including Bob Levy, chairman of the Cato Institute, and Andy Joppa will be with us as well, a professor and author of Josephus of Oz. He'll be with us as well. I always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, tell your friends. Uh, we appreciate the support, and I know advertisers would appreciate it as well. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>